Hi, we're here from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about whether dark mode really is easier on your eyes. Then, learn about how new antibiotics are being developed with Dr. Matt McCarthy, author of the new book, Superbugs, The Race to Stop an Epidemic. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Has your favorite app or device recently asked you if you want to switch to dark mode? That's pretty much when you switch from a white screen with black text to a black or other dark color screen with white text. Supposedly, dark mode is easier on your eyes, but is it really? Just like a lot of things in science, the quick answer is maybe. And just like a lot of things on this podcast, we're here to give you the long answer. First off, different situations play out differently in terms of how much strain they cause on your eyes. There's a lot more natural light surrounding your screen in the daytime than at night, for example. So scientists tend to take their base rule from your typical middle-of-the-day work, as in light screen, dark text, bright surroundings. Probably a lot of Excel spreadsheets involved. When there's more light surrounding your screen, dark on light is actually ideal. In one of the few studies on this subject, researchers found that people read more easily and retain more information when text is formatted this way. That's because contrast makes details easy to see, and the study authors noted that most readers are used to reading dark on light anyway. There's also a biological reason why a white background makes things easier to read. White reflects all of the colors on the spectrum, which means that a white background keeps your pupil from opening wide to let in more light which would make it harder to focus. A quirk in the human visual system makes your eyes overreact to light objects on a dark background, and that can make white text on a black screen seem to bleed into the page, and that actually makes it harder to read. Okay, so if you're in a bright environment, then a white background is probably the way to go, right? But what about when you're in a dark room? Well, in this situation, it certainly feels like a white screen with black text would put more strain on your eyes. But the science on this is not yet conclusive. And what the limited science says and what the general public seems to experience are currently two different things. Some people swear by dark mode, even without a lot of solid research supporting the notion that it's really good for you. Anyway, even though the scientific verdict is still out, using a dark mode setting might help your eyes hurt less when you use them in the dark. So for now, just follow your comfort and switch things up if you start to feel strained. Have you ever heard of Blackle.com? No. It's literally Google, but they replace Goog with black, <laughs> and it's just Google with a black background. All right. That's <laughs> exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> it claims that it has saved over 7 billion watt hours because you use less power powering a white screen. Right. I also don't know if that's rooted in science. That is rooted in science. That is a thing that oh. I've noticed. I mean, it depends on the kind of screen you use. Some screens use the same amount of power no matter what the color is. But certain technology actually doesn't turn on the pixels when it doesn't need to. Right, like OLED displays. Right. So, hey, even if you're not trying to help your eyes, maybe you can help the environment. Or your smartphone battery. That works, too. There you go. <laughs> Today's episode is sponsored by Arm & Hammer and their new cloud control cat litter. You know what I love? Cats. And I also love giving cats weird names because Aglet is not the only weird name that I've given a cat. Did you know that, Cody? Did you have another cat with a weird name? I did. Growing up, I had a cat named Hyperbole. Oh, that's a great name for a cat. Right? The word hyper is in it. I just, yeah. But the cool thing about weird names is they always end up with even weirder nicknames. 
And so we would call him Perby. I always thought like Hyper would be like the the short name, but no, we were like Perby was the thing we called him. Yeah, it's literally the best name. It's literally ever. the greatest name you could ever imagine. Yeah, but you know the one thing I don't love about cats is cleaning up their litter box, which is why Arm and Hammer created new cloud control litter. There's no cloud of gross stuff when I scoop. It's a hundred percent dust free, free of heavy perfumes. And it helps to reduce airborne dander from scooping. So what happens in the litter box stays in the litter box. New cloud-controlled cat litter by Arm & Hammer. More power to you. A groundbreaking clinical trial could change how we both cure and prevent superbug infections. Yesterday, you learned about what superbugs are. And today, we welcome back physician, researcher, and ethics professor, Dr. Matt McCarthy, to talk about this new trial. Dr. McCarthy is the author of the new book, Superbugs, The Race to Stop an Epidemic. And the book is his real-life account of that clinical trial. The state of antibiotics research has changed a lot since we talked about it on an early episode of the Curiosity podcast back in September 2017. Back then, we weren't really discovering or developing new antibiotics. Here's what Dr. McCarthy told us when we asked him if that had changed. There was a long dry spell. But that spell actually um, has, has ended. And in 2018, there were several new antibiotics approved by the FDA. And in 2019, we can expect several more to be approved. The fascinating part about this, and one that many people, including myself, did not realize, is that many hospitals are not carrying the newest antibiotics that are approved by the FDA. And the reason for that is that they are so expensive that hospitals can't simply afford to carry them. And I write about an antibiotic called Dalbovancin, which is a new treatment for MRSA. And I was surprised to find that my hospital, which is the best one in Manhattan, was not carrying this drug. And the reason was that it was simply too expensive. It was more than $4,000 for a single dose. And what I wanted to, people to appreciate is that we have this standoff right now between big pharma and hospitals about carrying antibiotics. And we have patients who are caught in the middle who don't always have access to the life-saving treatments that we've spent years developing simply for a matter of dollars and cents. And I think that's an issue that we're going to be hearing more and more about in the years ahead. We need to have ways to spur the development and also access to life-saving antibiotics. How we do that is going to be controversial, but we're going to be talking more and more about how we get these drugs to patients. So where does your clinical trial fit into all of this? What's kind of the 10,000-foot overview of what this race is all about and what the trial was about? So my, my role uh, as a clinician and researcher is I study new drugs, and I study the newest antibiotics that, that we're developing to figure out, are they safe, are they effective, and if so, how best can we use them? And so what I do is I treat patients who have superbug infections, and when I find that they qualify for one of my trials, I talk to them and see if they would be interested in, in studying it and being a part of a clinical trial. And this is really a high wire act because we have patients who are coming in asking for help. They have probably no, in, no thought of enrolling in a clinical trial when they walk into the emergency room. And here they are meeting me, a stranger, who is saying, I have a new drug that might work for you. 
And what I wanted readers to experience is what's it like to be in the room with these people who are suffering from infections and the doctors who are desperately trying to find new treatments for them, figuring out ways where we can use these new drugs to save lives, but also to prevent the spread of the infections to others in the community. Wow. I'd like to read just an excerpt from the description of the book that Dr. McCarthy's trial, vividly detailed in his book, reveals a new way to both cure and prevent future superbug infections in a single treatment. What I just read sounds like a pretty big deal. It is a big deal. What we have found is a new way to treat a common form of superbug infections. It's going to radically change the way that the top hospitals are treating these infections. And it's one that we didn't know about until I took on this trial. So uh, on a personal level, I am I'm very proud of the work that we have done. But on a much broader scale, I am thrilled to be a, a small part, play a small part in the fight against superbugs and to show that there are new drugs on the horizon that can confirm this issue because so often the stories we hear are laden with fear and scare tactics. But, you know, I'm a superbug hunter and I'm incredibly hopeful of the next few years us having a number of new treatments on the market that are going to save lives. Again, that was Dr. Matt McCarthy and his new book is titled Superbugs, The Race to Stop an Epidemic. It's his exciting real life account of the groundbreaking clinical trial he was talking about. And guess what? The life-changing results will be announced at a national conference on June 20th. That's today. As of the time of this recording, we don't know about the contents of the announcement, since the results are under wraps until the conference. But you can find links in today's show notes to Matt's website and Twitter account, which are the best places to learn more. Pretty exciting stuff. Read about today's stories and more on Curiosity.com. Join us again tomorrow for the award-winning Curiosity Daily and learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Ashley Hamer. And I'm Cody Goff. Stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network.